winds up the year. Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Barrios, his first touch of the game. Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points. And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's kicked a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. Beating the champions, breaking a membership record in the same week. you got to feel good in green and black this week. Welcome to the Green Room, the official Western United Club show here on FNR. Football Nation Radio with Josh and Lockie. Lockie Flanagan, what did you think of a Saturday night? It was a dream result for Western United, really. like I don't think that game going into it, I don't think that could have been could have gone much better, mm. really. Like I think Weston came there to the game with a specific plan for how to nullify Melbourne City, and I think for the most part they did exactly that and scored a beautiful goal on the counter attack as well. I mean that that pass through from from Diamati. Mm. Oh, and the finish and as the well. finish, beautiful. It was just just a well, what's the what's the right adjective to describe that goal from Dylan Wenzel Halls? I mean, it's going to be sumptuous, but I didn't... I think it was uh, precise, like a surgeon. Just right. Arrowed. Arrowed. Arrowed yeah, into the bottom That's corner. The That's, the, That's the uh, approved language around that yeah. goal. Uh, a beautiful finish. I think John Aloisi would have been proud of that one if he'd scored it. Yeah. I, I imagine he was looking on someone, you know, a man who has historically scored a few goals mm. at, uh, at Amy Park in his in his pastime. Uh would have would have been quite envious of Dylan Wenzel Halls as he strode through on goal in that particular moment. And uh yeah, great result for John Aloisi personally, just to to get one over his uh, his former club as well. Always always a good feeling, I would imagine. I always forget about the the heart era John Aloisi. It's yeah. uh, it's a long time ago now. Yeah. It's winding the clock back a little bit. But uh it's making new history with Western United and it's a great result on Saturday night. Bit disappointing last night in the FFA Cup against Wellington Phoenix. Second string, a young side came out there and, and gave their all and I think dictated most of the game yeah. at GMHBA Stadium, but that's sometimes the way of it in football. The the team that takes their chances wins the day. Yeah, I, I honestly, prior to that Ben Wayne goal, and it, you have to give credit to Wellington, it was a very nice team move, a great cross in from Louis Fenton, good, mm. good header from Ben Wayne as well. He rose very high. But before that, it was really all Western United and a lot of the young players were doing really well and they were pushing for, you know, an equaliser. Unfortunately, just couldn't find it in, in regular time and couldn't, you know, break down. Well, they, they were able to break down Wellington, but not necessarily to the point where they're able to get that goal back. But I don't know. I think I think with such a, a large amount of change and so many young players that did come mm-hmm. in and, you know, if it must be said, performed quite well, we're going to be speaking to one of them pretty soon. Uh, still plenty of positives to take out of that game, I think. You mentioned it there, Lockie. What have we got coming up on the show tonight? A debutante who made his first team bow last night. He's really impressed in the junior setup in the MPL side, wearing the captain's armband, no less, and has been rewarded with his uh, his first senior scholarship contract. Yeah, well, if you couldn't figure it out from that description, we'll be talking very shortly to uh, Western United defender Ben Collins, who, as you mentioned, did make his debut last night. We've got a bit of a youth theme. Mm. really in this show because we're speaking to Ben first up, very promising young scholarship contract centre-back, a lot of promise uh, around him and then going to take a bit of a, a wider focus uh, 
in the youth after we've spoken to Ben because we'll be chatting to the first ever. It feels good to be like the inaugural of something. And yeah. that's exactly who the person we're talking to is, Anthony Frost, the inaugural Academy Director at Western United. The Academy Inaugurator. Not that a very sounds catchy pretty nickname. cool. The Inaugurator? If I put that, if, if I put that on my <laughs> LinkedIn, I'd be like... <laughs> Pretty awesome. Sounds like it's starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. But in (laughs) fact, it is Anthony Frost we'll be talking to in the second half of this show, the Academy Director for Western United. But first, Ben Collins on the other side of this break. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! Presented by Simmons, it's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. That's right, it's the official Western United Club show coming to you live here on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Josh Parrish and Lockie Flanagan, show presented proudly by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. We're very excited to have a guy who, uh, who builds from the back. He's, he's been built through the uh, the Western Ex- United Youth. I'm stretching here with the sponsorship. Like like he made his first team debut last night. Ben Collins, welcome to the green room. And most of all, congratulations on making your first team bow. Ah, thank you very much. Um, happy to be here. Have a chat with you. Now, we know it was a little bit of a disappointing result last night, but on a, on a personal note for you, it must have been a proud moment stepping out onto that pitch. Yeah, no, like you said, obviously, you know, the result was a bit disappointing, um, yeah, but for myself, obviously, my first team debut, which, you know, is something I've been waiting a while for, which obviously, you know, grew up wanting to achieve. So, yeah, personally, last night, you know, it was exciting for me. But, um, yeah, just a, obviously a shame we couldn't get the result and, you know, we're not in the cup anymore. But, yeah. When did you know? When was was this earmarked in advance, this fixture, as one that, you know, you'd be rotated in? Or when did John Aloisi tell you you were playing? Um, well, yeah, it was a bit of, you know, a bit of an interesting one. Like, you're never really sure... Um, what's going on obviously the first FFA Cup we had you know we played a full strength team and obviously this one being a midweek fixture in between you know two A-League games there was you know obviously a possibility that he might rotate the squad um you know in which he did so no we really just found out um you know a couple days before the game sort of sort of what the squad would look like but you know the starting 11 we didn't really know until till the day of the game. So, um, no, it was pretty exciting to obviously, you know, get announced in the starting 11. But, yeah, it wasn't, you know, something that was in the works for a long time. But, yeah, it sort of just came together in that in that fashion, I guess. So you didn't know until later on, but you had a feeling there might be some rotation, you know, up until the moment where you knew where you're sort of walking around everywhere, you know, crossing your fingers, making sure you didn't travel under any ladders or anything like that. <laughs> were you trying to do that sort of superstition or were you just trying to put your best out in training? Yeah, I think... Well, obviously, probably, you know, first and foremost, you just do your best in training. And, yeah, like you said, I guess a few boys are sort of nervous or sort of, you know, hoping that they'd be in the squad. Um, yeah, but like you said, it's just sort of down to your performances at training. And, and then after the coaches obviously pick the squad. Yeah, well, in that game, you've obviously made a mention of how many youth, youth talents got to feature against Wellington like yourself, of course. But... uh the same cannot be said for the player that you played beside uh, in the centre of defence, Nikolai Topol-Stanley, which is no, no disrespect to him, but he's probably, and I don't have a, a record book to hand, but probably has more appearances 
than maybe the whole rest of the team combined. You know, he, he is an experienced defender. Uh, what, what was the experience you uh, like playing a, a against or playing alongside NTS in your first game? Yeah, no, nah, he's, um, he's been brilliant towards me, not, a, not only yesterday, but, you know, in, since I've been training with him, um, you know, he's given me heaps of tips and sort of, you know, little insights on how to improve my game. And, you know, even in the game yesterday, he was obviously wore the captain's armband and, um, yeah, within the game, it was helping me a lot with my positioning um, and all sorts. So, nah, to play alongside someone like him, you know, it was um, it was another one of those experiences which, you know, was a first for me. But, um, yeah, he definitely really helped me helped me get through the night and, um, no, nah, he's helped me a lot over, over the last couple of months. Well, speaking of captains, I mean, you've got some experience in that department wearing the captain's armband for the MPL3 side uh, last season. Has that always been something you've aspired to uh, during your junior career? Have you often captained the teams you've been in? Uh, I guess it's not something I really aspire to do. I'm, I'm not sure if it comes naturally, you know, to me. I guess I, juniors, I think I may be captain. You know, my side here, here and there. It wasn't sort of something I did every every single season. But um, yeah, obviously last last year or this year, last season, uh, captaining. You know, the MPL side. It was you know it was a privilege. Obviously, the first the first MPL team that West United have as West United had as well, which you know makes it something you know a little bit more special as well. Um, obviously, that season got cut short because of COVID, but. We were doing pretty well there as well. So, um, no, it was, it was a great experience, you know, leading the boys there as well. I mean, Steve Horvat spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about the whirlwind of putting together that side, you know, with a few weeks' notice and throwing it together and uh, it all working out a little bit better than they could possibly have expected. You, you guys were chasing promotion up until the, the suspension of the competition. Yeah, I think it was not thrown together, but it was pretty late or sort of near towards the start of the season mm. that we're all coming together. Um, yeah, but the boys obviously gelled really well and, you know, the, the performances and the results sort of came from that. And, yeah, we're up there at the end of the year. I think we finished third, one point behind first and second uh, before the season got shut down with COVID. And, you know, I'm not sure we still had maybe eight games left. I'm not too sure. But, you know, we could have could have done something. You, you never really know. But, yeah, it's a shame, you know, we didn't get to see what, what could have happened, but yeah, it was a great experience. So last night you had Captain Nikolai Topol Stanley, you know, not marshalling you around, but being nice and vocal, you know, telling you where you should be positionally, you know, giving you a helping hand. How does that compare to, to your, you know, leadership style when you are in charge of that, you know, MPL3 side? Are you also quite vocal? Do you prefer to, to lead by example? What, what, what's your style like? Um. Yeah, I think naturally when you're an older player, you sort of uh, can talk and feel more comfortable with the younger players, which is what obviously he was like to me to me yesterday. I think maybe yesterday, I'm not sure if I was a bit nervous or, yeah, I was a bit quieter. But, uh, you know, obviously in the youth team, I was one of the older boys. So I think naturally it just comes to you being an older player that you sort of talk and, and lead to the younger boys. So I guess it's similar in that aspect. Like I like to talk on the field and be a leader. But, yeah, last night it was sort of, you know, him and I was a bit nervous and maybe a bit quieter, but definitely, you know, with the youth team, I was, you know, I was vocal and, you know, trying to put my part on the game. So I think in that, that sense, you know, it was similar. Yeah, but I, I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the young centre back of, of the two, you know, knowing, knowing your role, you know, you don't want to, the last thing you want to do is step on, uh, I wouldn't be ordering NTS step on around. Nikolai <laughs> Topol Stanley's toes. That's for sure. Uh, we have seen how hard he could kick a ball. So uh, in, in years gone by, 
Um, but how does that, you know, you're maybe a little bit chattier in that younger team. How has that translated to your, um, you know, the time that you've spent in the senior side, you know, this season? Obviously, we know, uh, having spoken to a lot of the players, that that is a training environment that's pretty lively. It's it's pretty chatty. How, how have you sort of gelled into that environment where there are a lot of movers and shakers, for lack of a better expression? Yeah, I think I fitted in, obviously, you know, okay. Um, yeah, I think you still have to you still have to bring your voice to the training ground. Everyone still has to talk. Everyone still has to, you know, command the ball or demand the ball and, you know, move players around because um, you might have a better better picture of the game. So I think everyone do does have to talk on the ground. Um, some players, obviously, it comes to them a bit more natural and, and they do it a little bit more. But um, I think in that aspect, you know, I've, you know, I've weaved into the team pretty well. Like I'm not, you know, I, I like to use my voice as well and, and, you know, call for the ball. So, in, yeah, in that sense, I think, you know, I think I'm fitted in with the team that way as well. There was a, f- a couple of times where I saw uh, the MPL side play last season and, and one of the moments where I think you put a marker down was uh, the away game against Preston Lions uh, at BT Connor where there's a giant crowd there, uh, really intimidating atmosphere. They'd beaten both. Uh, the other A-League youth sides um, in by slender margins, but in that environment. And, I mean, th- your group didn't didn't shirk from that challenge at all. In fact, you probably could have gone on and, and won that match. It ended up being a draw. Yeah, no, nah, that was, um, yeah, that was, you know, a pretty amazing experience. I think at that time that would have been the biggest crowd I'd played in front of, or maybe still is to this stage. But, um, yeah, we'd obviously done really well. Um, you know, it was a bit unfortunate not to not to get the result there, um, especially with them going down to ten men. But yeah, that experience, you know, was pretty surreal. I'm not sure how many people there were exactly, but you know, definitely a few thousands. So, um, no, nah, that was that was unbelievable. Um, and you know, we didn't we didn't go down to them, so you know, we got a point um, in a pretty hostile environment. So that was it was an amazing experience. I remember at one point during the game, uh, your centre-back partner, Ajax, strode forward with the ball and just unleashed this unbelievable shot that struck the base <laughs> of the post from about 30 metres out. And we've seen a few Western United defenders go on adventures this season. Uh, Leo Lacroix and, and even Tomoki were stepping out with the ball in round one. And you, and you went forward uh, on one occasion uh, last night in the FFA Cup game. Is that something that the, the club emphasises, you know, centre-backs with the ability to to play the ball and, and step into midfield where necessary? Yeah, I think, you know, definitely they want, you know, centre-halves naturally these days in in the modern game, you know, have to be mm. have to be pretty comfortable on the ball and be able to play those those sort of passes. I'm not sure, you know, how far into midfield they want you taking the ball. But, um, I know I had one shot yesterday, which oh, I think it nearly went out for a throw-in. But, um, yeah, you know, something I don't, I'm not sure. It just sort of comes to me if, if the space opens up. I'd just like to, you know, sort of take the game on and take the space and, you know, try and draw one of the defenders out to slip someone else in or, or you know, create a goal-scoring opportunity. But, um, yeah, Ajax shot against Preston Lions. If that went in, that would have been pretty... pretty <laughs> goal of the season if it goes in, yeah. absolutely. Because well, can you take me through a little bit of that mindset? Like, as someone who's not a, a centre-back and is usually, you know, uh, quite used to just watching other centre-backs do their thing, um, when you do get that space to open up, and as Josh said, you know we've seen a few of the Western United centre backs do it this season. Is it something that you're like conscious of, like you're, oh, there's space ahead of me, like I should take this ball forward and have a shot, or is it just like an instinctive thing? You know, you, you take a few strides, and before you know it, you're on the edge of the penalty area, and you can you can pop off a shot. Like, how does that 
actually play into your mind when, when you get the ball and you see space ahead? Is it just something you do without thinking about? Or, think- we, or are you thinking like, hey, what a great way to uh, mark my starting debut <laughs> with a mazy run Name and up a in banging the finish? <laughs> What's the I don't, process I don't like? Think so much the latter, but I think, yeah, it just sort of, you know, it just sort of happens. Um, you know, as a centre back, normally, you know, trying to play it side to side, play into your midfield for something to open up that way. But every now and then, maybe the opposition's caught out of position and. And, you know, there's sort of a, a line towards that you can take the ball with forward and it just sort of opens up. And then, yeah, like you said, it just sort of, you know, you take two, three touches and then you've drawn out another defender and you're halfway to goal and you can, yeah, slip someone in or something like that. So I don't think it's something you actively think about and, like, this would be amazing if I took on the whole team and scored a goal. But, um, yeah, if it opens up, I think the opportunity is there. And, yeah, like you touched on, a few of the, few of the boys have, have done it in the last few rounds. So... Yeah, I think it just comes naturally. Yeah, I feel like that kind of train of thought of how good would it be if I took this all the way up the field and scored is probably more of a FIFA mentality as opposed to <laughs> yeah. it's probably why you're a, you're an A-League player and I am not. Or, or, or Lockie in the FNR corporate team yeah, uh, exactly. at the end of the year. Wow. Uh, ben, uh, we were talking to Lockie Wales last week and he was talking about how he's, he's watching more football these days and trying to model some of the things he does off you know some of the world's best players. He loves watching Liverpool and you know Mane and, and Salah. Are there any players that you've modelled your game after? Any footballing heroes? Um, oh, not really, you know, one player in particular. I think you take bits and pieces from, you see a clip and you take something, you know, from that player. You see a clip and you take something from another player. I think at the moment for me, though, I'm just sort of learning from from the players we have actually at Western, you know. Leo, uh, Nikolai, they... They talk to me a lot about, you know, positioning and sort of how to read the game as a, as a centre-back. Um, even a few of the midfielders like Neil Kilkenny, um, goalkeeper Jamie Young, he's, he's helped me heaps as well. So, yeah, I think Leo and, and Topper have, have definitely, you know, given me guidance on, on sort of what to do in that aspect. I think, you know, I obviously watch other games, professional games around the world as well, and you take little bits and and pieces from, from each player. But, yeah, I don't think there's one sort of player I'd like to model my game on. I just take bits from from different people and then, yeah, try and sort of put it all together in my own style. Well, can you uh, elaborate a little bit about that, yeah, that centre-back environment and your experience of stepping into it? Because, as you said, it is a pretty strong contingent at the moment. I mean, you could make the argument, uh, at least I will make the argument on the club show that, Tomoki Amai and Leo Lacroix are the best centre-back pairing in the league at the moment. But you've got the CV of Leo, you know, the experience of Nikolai Topol-Stanley, and obviously Tomoki is the, the incumbent player of the season. Um, that must just be, as a, as a young centre-back trying to develop his game, must just be a, a dream environment for yourself. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that until a couple of weeks ago. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's a pretty solid solid lineup at the back. I think we've run, we haven't conceded a goal from open play in the A-League yet, which, you know, is pretty nice stat to have. Um, so hopefully that continues. But, yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible to think about, you know, there's, um, you know, obviously Swiss International and, and Tamaki and obviously Nikolai has represented the Socceroos as well, all sort of sort of on my side and trying to help me as a player as well. So, you know, they've all, they've all been, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, it's sort of something plays you can learn off that you can't really get many, many other places. So, you know, in terms of them helping me, it's, yeah, it's something that, you know, I take, don't take for granted. And, you know, I try and take something from them, you know, every day, every training session and, and just make myself better. 
Let's rewind a little bit. Talk about your your football upbringing. I mean, you were at Northcote City before Western United. Uh, how did you get into football? Is it something that you, your parents or your family drilled into you? Is it something you just picked up when you were young and, and realized you were good at it? Or um, Yeah, I think my dad used to play in the sort of the Victorian soccer league back in the day. Um, and then, yeah, just when I was young, he just signed me up to sort of the local club. He was my coach for probably like five years, six years. Um, and I just played there and then, yeah, moved to, moved to the state team when I was under 13s in the Skillaroos there. Um, and then from there, yeah, was it Northgate from under 14s up all the way up through my juniors until a couple of years in the seniors before I moved over to Western. So now nah, Northgate, I guess, is sort of my boyhood club and yeah, they've been brilliant to me sort of these last couple of years moving to Western and, and whatever, but yeah, I've been there, I think I was there for seven, eight years. So, um, yeah, that was sort of my boyhood club. And I just, yeah, as a junior and even a bit younger, I just sort of always stuck soccer out. I mean, you know, I had friends playing AFL and sort of trying to convince me to come and switch codes. But, yeah, I stuck it all out. And I guess, yeah, now it's now it's worth it, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, you've, your dad must be pretty proud with your uh, first professional contract this season. Yeah, no, he's pretty excited. He, um, <laughs> yeah, at all the games, he, he's taking as many photos as he can and looking on Facebook. <laughs> and sharing everything that he can. So, um, no, he's pretty proud, which, you know, he's obviously good. And, yeah, um, he's put a lot, you know, into me as well as my mum, driving me to training sessions and and whatever when I was younger. So, no, they're proud and, and and fair enough too. Can I can I ask just quickly on on your dad, you know, loving to to get photos of you as a professional? When you guys went to games in the past, was he, like, insistent on you getting photos with players and that sort of thing? Because I know my dad was like, every time there was a player walking past, he was like, you got to get a photo. you got to get a photo. And I was so nervous. But what was it like for you? Um, yeah, I think well, my dad's also a big AFL fan. So even at AFL matches, he'd, he'd like to do that there as well. But yeah, A-League matches as well. Like, you know, it's the same. You want a photo of me, you know, at the stand or, you know, we've been over to England a couple uh, once and yeah, he was he was loving taking photos of me all the same sort of over there as well, which, you know, and now he's taking photos of me. So it's funny that way, but... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's now I'm on the other side of it. And like, even last night, there's kids coming up to you, taking photos, wanting your Jersey, you know, wanting high five. So no, it's sort of come full circle, I guess, which is, that must be, that must be a pretty surreal turnaround for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like last night, yeah. Like after the game, you know, everyone wanting high fives and yeah, asking for your Jersey. I'm sort of, I don't know what to say because I've never really had that happen to me (laughs) before, but, um, no, it's obviously unreal and. Um, yeah, love the support, so it's good. Surely, yeah. surely that first jersey you want to keep, though. Did you end well, up giving it away? <laughs> no, last night everyone was asking for it, and in, in the back of my head, I wanted to keep it for myself because it was my first one, so I couldn't give it away. So, but hang on to that one. Yeah, get one. <laughs> that, get that one framed for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, all of all of that sort of um, you know, that junior journey has led to to where you are now. You're obviously making your debut last night. The, the senior, you know, the scholarship contract that you've signed, you, you signed, I think, fairly late into into the piece. I think it's only three weeks ago that, that you signed that deal. Can you take us through the time between sort of you know, going into lockdown, the end of the MPL three, three season and, you know, progressing now into to signing that pro deal? Like how did that whole experience come together for you? Yeah, it's been... Yeah, pretty crazy and sort of a whirlwind couple of months. Um, obviously, yeah, the MPL season got shut down and, and I think we are in lockdown for a couple of weeks and, and then the A-League team started their, their pre-season up. Um, and, 
yeah, I was invited to sort of train with them for a couple of weeks, see how it went. And I just sort of kept being invited back and kept hanging on there. And um, so I was training with them full time, basically the whole of preseason, um, you know, just trying to obviously prove myself to the coaches, hoping that this got, the scholarship contract would sort of be the end result. Um, so, yeah, played in a few practice matches and obviously, you know, trained and tried to do my best at training. And then, yeah, I think a week or two, maybe a few weeks before the season, they um, obviously, yeah, had a, had a meeting with them and they, they offered me the scholarship contract, which, you know, was a dream come true as well because that's what you sort of grow up, you know, dreaming of, of doing, becoming a professional footballer. And sort of it's weird to say that now that that's what I'm doing. But, um, yeah, it was a yeah crazy couple of weeks or a couple of months. But um, now it's all sorted and settled down so I can just focus focus on, you know, training and playing. So, it's, yeah. Well, given the fact that you brought him up before and that you've you've shared this connection in football with him for such a long time, was that was that first phone call to your dad? What what? Did, well, or at least when your first conversation you had with him, what did you say? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a blur now, but um, yeah, I just obviously told him that that they'd offered me a contract, and yeah, well, he was pretty excited. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was over the phone, so. Um, but then, yeah, when I saw him in person, you know, he was even more excited for me and, you know, gave me a big hug and whatever. So, no, it was, you know, a special moment and, um, yeah, something, you know, I'll look back on sort of forever. Well, what are your aspirations for this season then, Ben? I mean, obviously learning off uh, some experienced defenders there. Are you hoping to make your, your senior bow in, in the league as well? And, uh, I mean, we've seen some of your teammates, uh, Adisu Bai, uh, representing the only ruse so that carrots there at a junior national team as well yeah no nah, this he's um i was with him in the npl and now you know he's obviously gone and done that which is which is unbelievable for him but yeah for me obviously you know i think i've just got to keep learning and improving and training and then um yeah hopefully that you know a league debut comes comes soon but you know obviously there's no guarantees and it's just just up to sort of me i've got the opportunity now so yeah it's up to you know my performances at training and then yeah, hope, you know, hopefully there's an opportunity, you know, in an A-League game in, in the future. So I think, yeah, for me, that's where I'm at now. But, um, yes, hopefully hopefully it opens up soon. And you've got, obviously, Adisu, Ajak as well. It must be exciting for all of those sort of young players who were, at one point were, were cobbled together to form this MPL3 team. Now that you're all starting to get that chance in the senior side, it, it must be a real like motivating factor for you to all be able to sort of work together and push towards that same goal. Yeah, no, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty surreal to sort of look back on. Like, I think maybe there's four of us now with Reese Bozanovsky as well that was in the in the youth team. Even Charlie Emery, the goalkeeper, sat on the bench a couple of times last year. So, no, it just shows that obviously you know if you're in and about the academy, you're doing well. That you know there's definitely opportunities that you know at Western United. So. Um, yeah, we sort of sometimes we we talk to each other about it and sort of look back on, you know, where we were like seven months ago waking up for training, you know, sort of at 7am and and grinding it out there and um, and sort of, yeah, now, now we're obviously with the first team. So, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty unbelievable. Well, Ben, you've come a long way in a short space of time and I'm sure the future is bright for you by the, by the sounds of things with the faith that the club has in you and what John Aloisi's been saying about you. So uh, congratulations on your debut and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you down the track and, uh, and check in on how your football journey's going. Yeah, no, nah, sounds good. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Ben Collins, debutant in the first team, our first guest here on the Green Room this week. And after the break, uh, continuing on the youth theme, who have we got coming up, Lockie? Anthony Frost. 
Academy Director, Director Anthony Frost will be joining us on the other side of this break to talk about those pathways for the young players, which Ben here is evidence of. So stay with us. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game, Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons, it's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. That's right, we're doing it for Simmons Holmes today, the great Australian builder here on The Green Room with Josh Parrish and Lockie Flanagan. And our next guest is the new Academy Director of Western United, Anthony Frost. Welcome to The Green Room. Thanks very much, guys. It's a pleasure pleasure to be here. How are you settling into the club? How's your first couple of weeks in the role been? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Everyone's been really welcoming and really friendly. It's, um, It's obviously... You know, different. It's a change of scene, but uh, really exciting for me, and, and obviously looking forward to getting my hands dirty and, and getting stuck into the role. So, it's, um, yeah, it's it's been great so far. Really good. Well, take us through your coaching journey then, because you're a young guy, but you've got quite a few years of experience under your belt. Yeah, so I guess my coaching journey started quite early. Um, I had a, a bad break uh, when I was playing. I, I used to play for uh, Eastern Lions. That was my last club. Um, so shout out to <laughs> shout out to Eastern Lions. They're doing well at the moment, NPL1. Um, and, and, yeah, that sort of turned my attention to, to coaching. Uh, I was able to sort of double up my my studies with with my passion for, for coaching. I worked through my badges. Uh, my first sort of coaching opportunity was was sort of with the state teams through Victoria and the NTC program, uh, slowly working up to uh, having a full-time role in, in football with Football Victoria uh, and then, you know, continued on uh, with the Skillaroos. Uh, then an opportunity came up to work at FFA in coach development. Uh, then, you know, national teams, Melbourne City, uh, so, yeah, there have been a number of coaching positions along the way. And, and um, you know, the most important thing for me was having exposure in good environments and working under good people. So I've been lucky in that sense to have had some really good mentors along the way and, and you know, been, um, been fortunate to, yeah, to, uh, I guess, be the product of, of those environments and, and those people, uh, which is, yeah, which is great. So it's exciting. that sort of led me to this point. And obviously the, the role, which is a, a big one, but uh, really, really special opportunity to, to try and shape an academy uh, with a, you know, almost a blank slate uh, and something that, you know, the club can be, can be really proud of for, you know, many years to come. So yeah, look, it, it's been enjoyable so far, and, and I'm uh, I'm hopeful that you know the, the years ahead is going to be just as fruitful. Oh, we've got plenty to dig into there, but you may have noticed uh, myself and Lockie's ears both perk up to mention of the <laughs> Eastern Lions. We commentate the the MPL, so they're a bit of a sentimental favourite here. I think is fair to say it's always. Uh, uh. I think there's a little Welsh microclimate that descends over that Dave. It's always <laughs> raining for some reason. They always you know punch yeah. above their weight. It must be surreal to see them in the top flight. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, yeah, there are so many people down there that have been affiliated for the club for so long uh, and it's a testament to, to their work and their passion for the game that, 
that you know it's led them to that position and hopefully you know, if, you know things continue to to go well for them so yeah it's um you know hopefully we can join them one day in MPL one and and uh yeah be be uh but you'd be commentating our game. So I don't know, you might be a bit torn. <laughs> who, who are you going to support? <laughs> Can't support anyone yeah, when we're behind the mic. Yeah. Neutral. <laughs> neutral. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a good, good people, great We're just happy for club. football. That's, that's the yeah. real winner here. That's the real winner. <laughs> but uh, the other reason my ears pricked up when you, you, when you mentioned the Eastern Lions is because instantly my brain was like, I know there's a connection somewhere between Eastern and Western United. And I, I figured out what it is. Uh, obviously, you won't only be the academy director, but you'll be in charge of the MPL side yeah. for season 2022. And, of course, yeah. one of those young players that you'll be in charge of is is James Doyle, who's come across from Eastern Lions to Western United. Um, yeah. You know, having followed a, you know, started out at a similar place as a young player uh, in the same place as James, it must be exciting for you to, to see a player make that t- jump to the, the club you're you're currently at. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny, um, seeing James a couple of weeks ago at the club, uh, we we first met uh, when he was in the Skillaroos program. Uh, so, yeah, it's nice to sort of see that pre- uh, that progression, that transition, uh, f- those young players obviously finding their way in the game and, and getting an opportunity and obviously... Uh, grasping that opportunity wholeheartedly, so it's 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 great to see. And uh, for me, that's that's the reason why I love doing what I do and, and working with and, and developing young players because uh, you know, you're a part of their journey from from a young age, and, and um, you can support them as best you can. And, and if they can you know, fulfil their dreams and ambitions to to reach to the highest level, then um, and you know, you've done your job, so it's great to see James and and obviously other players kicking on. It's uh, yeah, really really good. Mm. Well, Eastern Lions is obviously your sort of you know, club as as you came up, but the you know the most recent club that you're joining Western United from is Melbourne City. You're an academy coach there, of course. And something you were talking about before is you know the idea of building this program from the ground up. Like you're not just the the new academy director; you are the inaugural <laughs> academy director. I imagine that sense of being able to really put this program together in your image and work with the club, I can only imagine that was a big part of the reason behind the the switch from Melbourne City. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, as I said, it's a special opportunity and uh, you only get one shot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting for, for the club, but exciting for me and... Uh, yeah, as you said, a big reason why you know I'm attracted to to the role and and, and the chance to come come across. So uh, it means that I've got an opportunity to take, I guess, the experiences I've had in in different roles and, and different environments, and and try and um, obviously take into consideration the the, the context of so the, the club and and uh, make sure that there's a, a really clear connection with the West. Uh, and, and we don't just copy and paste. We make sure that something is bespoke and, and really specific for for us as a club and what we value and and how we want to be perceived and and the sort of football that we want to play, the play the plays that we want to produce. Uh, so yeah, it's it's exciting. It's exciting, and, and I think for anyone that you know, with a selling point for me, if bringing in players, bringing in coaching staff, support staff, is that. Yeah, that they can be a part of that journey uh, and really shape things in 
in uh, in the direction that that we want to go. So, yeah, it's um, I think I've said exciting about ten times, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a great opportunity. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, tell us about your plans for the academy. I mean, how, how far does the club plan to go down the age groups? Where does it overlap with, you know, community football and, and local clubs? Because, you know, we hear stories in, you know, in, in England about, you know, Chelsea scouting eight-year-olds or whatever, but surely we're not going down that far. No, I think, um, look, there are different opinions about that type of approach. Uh, but for us... We've obviously got the two teams at the moment, under R23s and under-21s that, that play in the senior MPL competition, BL3. Uh, but the intent for 2023 is to have four additional teams. So those teams would be in the junior MPL competition. Mm-hmm. So the starting point would be under-14s. Uh, there's an under-15s, under-16s, and then under-18s team. So all up, it would be six teams in total in that academy uh yeah, the, the academy age groups, uh, but I, I guess you know there are there are other examples of clubs that have had uh, training programs for for younger players that you know it's a starting point potentially where uh, young players have an opportunity to come in maybe once a week and, and get some exposure to the way that we want to play, the way that we uh, uh, the the way that yeah the sort of players that we want to develop. Um, there's definitely those opportunities potentially on the table. Uh, I, I think ultimately for us and any club, uh, we want to make sure that we are attracting the best talent possible. Uh, ideally, that talent is from the West. So super important that, and a, and a big part of, I guess, my role is to make sure that we have a clear connection, uh, a, key, a clear uh, or a strong relationship with the clubs that ultimately uh, are going to be providing players for us and and we acknowledge that uh they do an incredible job in in uh, in working with players from a young age and, and setting the foundation for for us to to come in and um and obviously you know help them support them uh, move on to to the next level so uh i guess it's yeah it's about uh, making sure that yeah we provide the best possible experience for our players uh, and we start that from from the under fourteen age group, and and obviously move up. Yeah, I mean that communication and connection with local clubs is a really important facet of what you're doing. But can you take us through some of the other sort of elements that your role as an academy director sort of feeds into? Like obviously getting those teams, those lower age groups set up to play is probably a primary focus at the moment. But do you have much to do as well with sort of you know, the, the philosophy and, and the style and the, the approach that those teams take. And do you negotiate a lot with the, the club on, on what that kind of vision looks like as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, that, that's a, a really attractive part of the, of the role is that you get to shape that uh, philosophy or a, a game model um, or the sort of player ultimately that, that we would ideally like to, to create. Uh, but that's, you've got to try and find that balance and particularly, you know, me working with the under 23 age group at the moment, you've got to make sure that there's that continuity between the first team and also the, the youth team below. So, uh, we're making sure that we're giving young players the best possible opportunity to, to make that jump in, jump into the A-League space. 
Um, so we're mindful that, you know, if we're on a completely different page to the first team, uh, we're not giving our young players and our best talent the best the best possibility of, of making that jump. Um, so it's about trying to find that balance. But uh, in terms of our philosophy, uh, we, yeah, obviously the, the club and, and, you know, having really good discussions with uh, Steve Horvat, who I know was on the, um, on your show, you know, previously uh, about, you know, what, best represents the West. What does a, a team from the West and Western United embody? Uh, and how can we make sure that the players that go through our academy are a representation of, of the West and, and what, you know, those values are? So I think, you know, we want um, aggressive players. We want players that are creative. Uh, we want players that are intelligent. Uh, we want to play a, a brand of football that's, yeah, that's proactive uh, in all moments of the game. And uh, we're mindful as well that, you know, that those players need to to not just perform for Western United, but they, they can also perform at you know, international level as well. Um, so that's what, you know, our ambitions are. We're preparing players for for the highest possible level. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, we're... we're uh, we're, we're excited to, I guess, make sure that there's a clear philosophy in place all throughout the academy. I mean, that's really important that the players are, you know, adaptable enough, as you said, to go into the senior team no matter who's coaching them because, you know, we all hope that the the incumbent head coach has uh, an incredible success and sets up a dynasty, but uh, oftentimes in football, coaches do come and go. So, you know, the players have to be prepared and adaptable enough to, to meet the demands of whoever's at the helm. Yeah, spot on. Exactly right. And I think that's where um, we don't just cross our fingers and, and hope that we produce those types of players. It's uh, clearly planned, mm. clearly thought out, making sure that um, we have, you know, periodised plans or, or certain outcomes that we expect uh, to achieve year on year. And um, I, I guess, you know, you think of building blocks and, and if the under-14 age group is one building block, hopefully by the end uh, you've got, you know, the complete package or, you know, a jigsaw puzzle. You've got pieces of the jigsaw. How do we make sure that those pieces come together uh, in the right manner to, to complete, you know, a full, full picture? Um, so when that, that player progresses, then, you know, ultimately they're, they're set up for success. Uh, so yeah, it's it's an exciting part of the job, absolutely. Well, on the idea of the academy embodying that spirit and identity of the West, you mentioned a lot of you know, player attributes that that we see as desirable and and being linked in with that idea. But to what extent does sort of mental qualities and if you'll excuse a Brendan Rogersism like character kind <laughs> of play into that as well? Is there is there are there certain attributes from that mental side that you're also sort of really looking to, to tap into in players that are coming through? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's enough evidence uh, to, to suggest that, you know, players with a strength of character, uh, that grit, that uh, mindset that, that you require to, to, you know, perform at the highest level under pressure, uh, it's, it's undeniable. So I think for us, it's not just uh, put some cones out and, and let the players play. And obviously we'll work on technique and tactics, but uh, it's how, how do we integrate uh, social development skills? How do we integrate uh, 
the 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 type of resilience uh, required to obviously push through difficult times, uh, difficult situations, and come back stronger for that. So I think we we embed that within our program um, so that that yeah. might be, I guess, uh, filtered in and unknowingly filtered into the players, but it's also coupled with, uh, you know, educational support for, for parents, uh, support for players away from uh, the training pitch that we provide to, to the group to make sure that, you know, that they have all the tools necessary to, you know, give them the just best chance of progressing because um, we know that not everyone's going to progress to the highest level. Um, and, and, you know, we want to make sure that we're preparing good people uh, at the end of, let's say, their academy journey if they don't progress to, to being a professional player. Um, they've got the, 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 the traits and the right characteristics to, uh, I guess, be a, a strong contributor to our community. So that's, you know, it's an important part of, of our academy as well. We're not just developing footballs, we're developing people. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, all of those psychological traits, um, uh, are a huge part of, of what we do in the academy. And, and yeah, you know, we, we're going from 40 players to 120 players in 2023. Uh, it means that, yeah, we need to make sure that uh, that, that support is uh, is provided and, uh, you know, obviously a bit of work to, to do to, to put some of those things in place. But we've, we're, I'm thankful that the club... Uh, is acknowledges that you know those things are necessary and and uh, again we, we we're going to benefit in the long term because of that because of those things. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, I mean, what do you make of the the current squad that you're coming in to coach? I mean, you've been left in a pretty good position. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. a, a premature end to last season's campaign, but it was a it was an outstanding effort from a new group of players trying to gel together and and really. Uh, putting themselves in the mix for promotion until, until we had to, to stop the whole comp. Uh, yeah. that, that must be exciting. Obviously, some of these guys will get pinched by the senior team and some of them will, will bounce between, but uh, it's uh, a pretty interesting group of players at your disposal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think looking at the current list and even looking at uh, you know the game last night and, and the players that were involved there, uh, some of those some of those boys will be involved in the, the, the senior MPL team, which is really exciting. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's great to work with, with the best players. Um, and if they get stolen from me, then that's great. I've, it means you've done you know, your job. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, you know, I'm thankful for, for, um, you know, the staff that have, that have come before me and, and done uh, great work uh, already and you know hopefully we we continue that but uh yeah we've got great examples for for even our youngest players hoping to hoping to uh progress into the senior team so you've got players like reese bozanovsky who's obviously picked up a, a scholarship uh adisu's flying at the moment uh you know benny collins is um was coming in and you know potentially he he may he may be involved in our group uh Sabit James came off uh, on the bench last night as well. Uh, yeah, you can you can reel off a, a number of names there, but uh, super exciting, super exciting for the club. And uh, I'd say uh, get down to 
uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross, uh, once the fixtures come out, put them in the calendar because yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see some of those uh, top talents playing, and and uh, obviously we want them to be to be playing in the A League, but. Uh, if we're fortunate enough to, to have them, then, um, then that's great and, and obviously important for them to be getting game time as well for their development. So, well, it's a competitive league, obviously, playing against a lot of fully grown men. But uh, I was talking to a parent of a, a promising young player who, who does play in the NPL one and the, the dilemma for him was, you know, his son wants to play first-team football at the highest level he can, but all the A-League MPL squads are all in MPL 3. So going to that better maybe training environment would actually mean sacrificing that experience. So, I mean, is that the target, promotion? Yeah, look, I think so. I think we we acknowledge that you've got to find that balance between development and results. Um, I think we'd ideally be in the best possible competition to make sure that, that we're bridging that gap between the youth team and the A-League is as small as possible. Um, and, and, and also, you know, having exposure to, to national teams environment, seeing um, the impact that going from MPL three to playing at international level, uh, it's, it's not the most ideal situation because you can't replicate that level of intensity, uh, that level of, of, quality in terms of you know technical tactical understanding so uh absolutely the ambition is to 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 push for promotion uh it's going to be difficult because as you said yeah there's a number of teams that are they're all wanting the same thing uh but you know we uh we put our faith in in uh, our program and and the quality of players that we have and uh we, we believe that that yeah that's possible and hopefully uh we'll we'll get there but I think, yeah, there's always that balance and I can understand the, uh, that decision-making process may be, may be difficult, but you know, we hang our hat on the quality of the environment that we provide our players, even though that we're in MPL3. We, uh, we make sure that we provide a lot of opportunities for our players to play friendlies against MPL1 opposition. Yeah. Uh, so we have a really strong games program that, that makes sure that you know, we're giving our players... A, a really well-rounded uh, ex- experience and exposure to, to different types of opponents, different types of uh, playing styles, different types of conditions, uh, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. We well, yeah. brought up the the young the young Socceroos as you were sort of talking there, and obviously that's an environment that you yourself are quite familiar with, having previously been a coach with the young young Socceroos. Uh, is that something that in your coaching practice, looking ahead, that kind of environment, you, know, you have a detailed knowledge uh, of it and what's required, something that you'll bring in and sort of use to incentivize, you know, alongside senior football for Western United, obviously, to, um, you know, incentivize and, and motivate these young players that you've got coming through? Yeah, I think um, having exposure to that, uh, that sort of setup has given me a really clear understanding about, you know, what's expected of and, and the level of player uh, that, that we should be aiming to produce. So, yeah, it's not just what happens on, on the park as well. I've mentioned it before. It's all the, the, the support around the program as well. Um, so if we truly want to provide an elite uh, level 
academy, then uh, you know all of the video analysis, all of the preparation, all of the uh, integration, integrated sports science, medical, uh, physio, all of that sort of stuff that, that goes along with it is is super important to uh, give your players the best opportunity to you know go to the highest level. So I think. Uh, yeah, obviously I'm thankful for, for those experiences and, and looking forward to, yeah, embedding some of those things that I've, I've seen and, 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 and done uh, into the Western United program. The A-League, as we know, is a super long off-season. The MPL is, is is much the same. But the thing we know about both of them is they, they do roll around so quickly. So obviously there's no games for you at the moment with that under-23 side. But I think the three of us all know, as commentators, as a coach, it just it, it, it will be at your doorstep by the time that summer's over. It'll just come like that. Um, yeah. What are those weekends going to look like for you? Because obviously you are the head coach of the under twenty threes, but you're overseeing this whole academy. I, I imagine that weekends for you, once we get into <laughs> February and March, are just going to be one constant sort of uh, just motorcade of you driving around to, to different juniors games. You must be looking yeah. forward to it, though. Oh, look at yeah. Well, when we've got uh, six teams representing, or well, seven teams if you count the A League, representing Western United, uh, that you know that's pretty pretty special. And and again, all trying to play uh, in a particular way, and, and players obviously expressing themselves and, and trying to be the best player they can be. You know, that's um, game day is 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 where you want to be. Uh, but absolutely, it can be difficult to be everywhere in, in one place. But, but I think for me, my, um, my role will probably evolve after, um, after you know, the 2022 season. So I think if I'm going to, you know, do the role of the Academy director justice, uh, I can't necessarily take on that, that coaching position uh, full time and with the 23. So um, that's, you know, that's a potential one that I'll need to I'll need to drop and just have full focus on making sure that we roll out those those sixteens and, and provide um, not just the players support but make sure that we provide the coaches and, and the staff around the program support too. So uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. it um, yeah, it might be my afternoons might be or my weekends might be shot, but uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, that's that's what I love doing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, so you just revealed it's the Ralph Ranick trajectory. So coach <laughs> next season and then rising up uh, in the, into the director role. Uh, Anthony, we're running out of time, so we better leave it there. But all the best for uh, your task ahead. And uh, I imagine you'll be holding some tryouts for those MPL squads you're adding? Yeah, so we're, we're currently uh, doing some trials at the moment and we hope to have our squad secured by the end of the year. Uh, so obviously, the, you know, the, the great work that was done to, to get – the two teams up and running uh, the previous year, uh, obviously a lot of work uh, and obviously, you know, successfully done, uh, but we continue to, to evolve and, and, and develop and improve our program and yeah, going through that process at the moment. But um, as I said, I think, yeah, you try and get down to uh, uh, City Vista on, uh, on game day and, and you'll see the, the quality of the talent that's coming through and, and hopefully progressing into the first team down the track. So uh, it's um, there's that word again. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Excitement is reaching peak levels here on the green room. Anthony Frost, thank you so much for your time. Great to meet you and uh, best of luck for your new role.
You too, guys. Thanks very much. Enjoy the chat. And with that, that brings the green room to an end for another week. But first, I've got to plug the game. West United versus Brisbane Raw on Saturday. That is at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong, 5.05 p.m. kickoff. And uh, given the club has just smashed its membership record, there's no better time to jump on board the bandwagon, Lockie. Yeah, absolutely. Hop on board. All right. Well, uh, it's it, it is a tight bandwagon there. There is eight thousand. It, yeah, it's running out of room, but uh, you know, I'm sure we get, can. I'm sure we can find a few more seats. Yeah, get get in while you still can. Uh, we'll sign off for the week. Thank you all for tuning in, and uh, make sure you see us next time, same time next week on FNR. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha. He's done it again. Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio.